Thanks for listening to the church at Severn Run Messages Podcast. You can find more information about the church at severnrun.com. Enjoy the message. Well, today we are wrapping up the Save People series, but we're, we're not wrapping up the reality that save people, serve people. And I, I hope you understand that when we, when we do a series like this, it's not that we do this and then we move on to something else. Uh, we're not moving on. Um, we're building on and we're adding to. But this is the reality of what God has called us to, that if we are truly served by Jesus, that we will be serving Jesus in the lives of broken people in our communities. I want you to remember the why of your life. A lot of times we'll ask the question, why, Lord, why this and why that, is in terms of our pain or why something goes this way. But, but I want you to step back out of the weeds just a little bit. And I want you to, to kind of let the plane take off and get up to 5,000 feet and 10,000 feet and 15,000 feet and 20,000 feet And at 30,000 feet, I want you to look out the windows and ask the question, why in this sense? What's the vision of my life? Why am I here? What's my purpose? Because the reality is that a a noble life, a great life, a meaning-filled life is a life that is vision-driven. And the vision of Jesus was that of a servant. You see, the vision of serving in time is the consequence it has in eternity. When we're asking you to serve, we're not asking you just to do busy work. Um, no, no, no. We're, we're asking you to, to change the ripples in time and, and, and understand that what you do in moments echoes for ages. One of the biggest reasons we give for not serving is we're too busy. Okay, what if God says, you're too busy? All right, you're going to be dead in 10 minutes. How differently does time look now? We act like we got all the time in the world, but we don't. We've been given a limited number of days, every one of them unique, every one of them special, none of them to be taken for granted, and none of them are ours if we are His. And so the too busy argument just doesn't wash for somebody who's ever bumped into Jesus and and tagged along with him for life. It just doesn't work. And, and, And we serve knowing that there's a reward coming. Often we hear verses like Romans 2, 6, God will repay each person according to what they have done. And our first reaction hearing that kind of a verse is to think judgment, condemnation. But we must think he's a really ugly father with a really bad heart to look at him like that. When you want to affirm your children, when you want your children to run to you, Do you have an attitude that you're going to hammer them when they come near? Do you uh, look for every opportunity to to judge them uh, relentlessly and tear them down? No. A good parent 
longs for their child to come to them. And if any of you are parents of teenagers or beyond, you know that you would love for your child to want to come and to hear and be with you all their life. God will reward everyone according to what they've done. Did they stay away or did they come? Did they serve or did they not? So why should you serve? Why should you serve? We're not just, again, making a temporary move. This is a pivot in the church. We're moving away from a church that is just Sunday sitting to a church that is weekday serving. This is a a seven-day-a-week reality, and our worship services will increasingly become a celebration of what God has done through the week. So why should you serve? One reason is that Jesus did. The scripture says that the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And he did that service by giving his life as a ransom for many. That is, that Jesus was not merely a good moral example. He was a substitute on the cross, in his blood. He bore all your sin, all our shame. He took it all away for anyone who would ever come to him. That's how he served us. We should serve because we've seen the beauty of the servant. We should serve because if we give our lives away for Jesus, uh, Mark 8.35 uh, says, it, says it very, very well. Um, it says this, that whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. So it is the question of a kept life versus a giving life. And and if we give our lives away for Jesus, we get to live. Not religion. No, no, no. We really get to live in this mystery of, of the reality of God. We really get to live and it's way beyond religion. Eternal life. It's, it, it comes into broken time. We get to live a fully authentic difference-making life through time, and then after time, we get to spend uh, eternity in a new world becoming ever more alive in Christ. This new creation of God is going to be the fulfilled pattern that you see on planet Earth. All the beauty you've ever glimpsed on planet Earth is, is just a, a fuzzy 1949 television set compared to the, to the beautiful 4D, you know, experience that we're going to have of a, of a world made new and, and it ever more, never bored, always growing, ever more alive. That's why we should serve. Why should we serve? Because if we keep control of our lives and decide not to serve, we die. We live slowly dying and spreading brokenness in our time through our generations and our families, the people around us, and then we die hopelessly, and then we spend forever dying more and more in hell in the absence of a love that we wouldn't accept. This love that we shoved out of our lives, this love that we wouldn't give away, we said no to love and basically said yes to hell. And this earth is is a poor substitute for life with God. And if you and I choose not to be served by Jesus, if we push his love away then this planet's going to reward us with six feet of dirt in our face and an eternity of regret. But if we serve, 
we are rewarded by the presence and the win of love and by being with Jesus and by getting to experience all the infinite goodness of God and, and by, by just experiencing a joy that is purer and deeper and more satisfying than, than anything we've ever, ever tasted on earth. James 1-2 says, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. Now we got some hard stuff to go through, but, but there's, there's something coming on the other side that makes it worthwhile. Why should you serve? Because this isn't the end. This is on the way. And it's on the way to glory. And having stood that test, the person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Do you understand? The crown of life. Not talking about some little thing of gold on your head. We're talking about life resting on you in the fullest, most powerful, most passionate way. That's why we should serve. That's why we should give our lives away freely and, and selflessly and creatively so that people can hear and see Jesus in a world that doesn't believe he exists. What's the why of your life. So step back. Rethink your life in time. Time isn't yours anyway. <laughs> it does not belong to you. Ask any of us who've had those surprises in life to say, I never thought this was coming. I never saw this cancer on the way. I never saw that accident. I never, I never saw this person doing that. I'm just telling you, we are not in control. And in this broken world, God invaded it with, with one answer. It was his servant son who lived this amazing life, not like every other religious teacher in the world. Jesus is unlike everybody. Jesus is unlike every other religious leader who claims to represent God. He served. He loved. He, he didn't build an army. He didn't uh, seek human glory. He came to serve and he showed the selflessness and the beauty of God's love on a cross. And three days later, we saw the truth that love wins. And love can win in our life as well when we let Jesus serve us. That's what real faith is. That's what believing in Jesus is about. It's about let love win, letting Jesus come and serve us, not keeping him at arm's distance. And here's one of the most dangerous, damning things about religion there is, is religion is, is something that, that, that puts us in, in the proximity of God but allows us to put our arms out and keep him away just enough that we're still in control. That's not faith. Faith is hands off. Faith is, Jesus, I invite you into my life and I will let you serve all of my broken. Nothing hidden, nothing kept back. When you come into my home, you come into all of the rooms of my heart, including the basement. And there we let Jesus serve us by saving us. And then he sends us to serve. <laughs> and as he sends us to serve as saved people, what we don't realize is two things. Number one, we get to meet him in every broken life that we see. Matthew uh, 20, 20 uh, 45 and, and 40 both tell us that, that inasmuch as you've done it unto the least of these, you've done it unto me. And so 
you're wondering where Jesus is. And I don't hear this a lot at church, but you hear it from time to time in every church in the world. You know, I'm not being fed. No. You're not following Jesus. And what you're feeling is the absence of his presence. Because where Jesus is, is with the broken. Where Jesus is, is out in the world seeking to serve people who have not seen him and they can't hear him. And he's seeking to lead you to be his hands and his feet and his voice. So you want to get near Jesus? Serve. And the crazy, crazy, crazy thing is that not only will God use you to be a blessing in ways that will echo through eternity for them, but you also get to be blessed in, in being around Jesus even more. I want you to know uh, this, this week that, um, that here's what I want you to, to do. I want you to live knowing, absolutely knowing that your service is seen and celebrated. You're not invisible. Sometimes we act like we are invisible, like nobody sees me, nobody knows me. Any of you all ever had a child that says, watch me, mommy, or watch me, daddy? And, and, and maybe they're doing, you know, uh, maybe they're just rolling over, right? <laughs> On the carpet, and you're going, okay, I saw that, you know, and flip. No, no, watch me, Daddy. Okay, I saw it the second time, you know. There's something in the heart of a child that longs for the connection and affirmation of a parent. And there's a whole lot of us here who believe that we are living our lives alone and invisible. I've got a, a um, magnet on my refrigerator and it says, it says this. Some of you all have the same magnet. I wish Morgan Freeman narrated my life. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? Pastor Drew picked up the Bible and walked across the stage. <laughs> Thanks, Morgan. He's getting ready to make a profound point. Listen deeply, church. Now, in the movies, you know, um, it, it, I don't know if you've ever, like, muted stuff on TV or in the movies. It doesn't, it's really different when you mute something. It's not really as dramatic or anything. I mean, like, you, you mute, mute something, and, like, somebody's just walking through Central Park, and you're going, oh, okay. But you turn the sound on, and there's this swelling music, and there's the camera angle, and, 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 and the narrator is telling what's going on. So I'm like, wow, that's... A, do, do you understand? Do you understand, church, that that's your reality? What, what if you could really know and believe that Father's eyes were on you, that he sees what you're doing, that he's going to reward you, and, and that there really is this amazing... Well, have you ever read Hebrews 12? Hebrews 12 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses... How many of y'all struggle with getting out of bed in the morning? Some of us, right? I mean, sometimes it's the hardest thing to do all day, right? Can you imagine? This is your experience tomorrow morning getting out of bed. The alarm goes up. How many of you all are serial snoozers? I mean, like that thing will go off and you hit stop and you hit stop and you hit stop. It's like that's just, that's just it's just hard and cruel, you know? But, but so there you are and the alarm goes off tomorrow morning 
but you know, and, and your, your eyes first wake up and there's something inside of you that's coming out of the dark, you know, towards the light going, no, you know. But, but, but your ears are hearing something. Instead, you're going, you can do it, Jim. <laughs> what? You can do it, Jim. And all around you, you hear this great cloud going, yay, Jim, it's going to be an awesome day. Get up and take the day. And you're going, okay, I got this. I can do this. You put one foot down. Yay, Jim, just one more foot to go. You can do this. And then the music starts playing and you really start getting inspired. And then Jim just got out of bed. He's <laughs> ready to take the day. Well, wouldn't that be cool? I want to share with you that that's closer to spiritual reality than you think. And if you and I would only wake up and recognize that we are not invisible, that we need to live knowing that we're noticed, and not only noticed now, but noticed forever. If you are lonely, if you are uh, down on yourself, you need to know that God is up on you. He loves you. And, and he has been singing a song of love through the life of Christ. And, and not only just singing a song, he's also been, been working to touch your life like clay that, that his hands might reveal his beauty and his love to you. So you, you got to know now that your life now isn't what it seems to be. It, it's, got, it's got all of eternity ahead of it and all of eternity around it. And you can live knowing, absolutely knowing that, that every selfless act of service, it's just seen by God and celebrated. And the truth is, now and then, we need to remember the difference between now and then. And now and then, we need to remember, remember that now and then are really connected in some amazing ways. And that now is really a bigger deal than we think it is. Scripture, in, in Matthew uh, chapter 5, Jesus is just starting in the Sermon on the Mount. And when he saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside and he sat down and his disciple came to them and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit. You're hurting inside and down. Well, you need to know that yours is the kingdom of heaven. And one day, we are going to experience all the fullness of the life of God. There's a reward coming. But, but we need to know now that, that that then also, it also becomes a part of now when you believe. He said, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. And, and to know that, that the pain is not going to last forever. Several times in my life I've said, God, how long is this going to last? And is this ever going to end? And God reminds me, yeah, you're going to die. It's going to end. But it's going to be awesome. And, and when I recognize that then, now, my now changes. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. You, you hear in this world that, that meekness is weakness. No, meekness is strength that doesn't do damage. Meekness is strength channeled. And, and you hear nice guys finish last. No, 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 no. Um, every sport I know, it's the final score that determines who wins. True? And the meek inherit the earth. So you know that when you do right and get put down and other people do wrong and seem to succeed, that's temporary. And when you know that now, that that then is, is impending, it, it changes things. 
Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Imagine uh, the moment your, your heart is translated into the presence of all of eternity and we get to experience the infinite God of the universe in all of his love, in all of his beauty, in all of his splendor and glory. We get to see God. It'll change how you live now. It'll help you know that your service right now is seen and celebrated by God and, and that he is paying attention. Verse 12 says, Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. Guys, all through the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 through 7, Jesus begins to introduce this idea of reward, of a God who's a giving God and who looks forward to pouring out his blessing on anybody willing to be loved and and to be served by Jesus. And so I say again today, there's some of us here, and we hold Jesus at arm's distance, and we won't let him serve us. Our attitude is either, I got this, I don't need you, which is a radical mistake, because you got nothing. And sometimes we're a bunch of hardheads, and we have to wreck our lives uh, for a number of seasons before we finally recognize, I don't have this Jesus. And the illusion of control I've been living under is just that. It's, it's a vapor. So Jesus, would you come and would you serve me? And the astonishing thing is that when you let the Savior serve you, you let the Savior send you. And it's not a church program. And it's nothing like that at all. It's just... It's just it's just like Moses when God called Moses and said, Moses, what do you got in your hand? Um, a stick? Throw it down, Moses. <laughs> Watch what I do with it. If you will start with what you have in your hand, you'll be amazed at how the Savior who serves you will send you and help you to see the broken that that he wants to be with you in. Matthew 6, 1 says, Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before people to be seen by them. If you do, you'll have no reward from your Father in heaven. Um, so when you give to the needy, right? It's not if, it's when. It's a natural part. Uh, you live a given life. You're, you're just going to live giving. Don't announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by them. This is religion that, that doesn't recognize that I have the full attention of God. And when you don't live recognizing you have the full attention of God surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, what you're going to do is you're going to live for the applause of other broken people. When you can't hear the, the applause of heaven, you're going to try to manipulate the applause of earth. And you're going to live a climbing uh, self-centered, greedy kind of an insecure life where you need people to praise you and prop you up and move you forward. And religion can play a real part in that. It's from hell. But Jesus said, don't be like that. Don't be like that at all because I'm telling you that when you do these things to be honored by men, you've received all the reward you're ever going to get. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. In other words, it's just natural. It's just no big deal. You know, it's just who you are. I don't have to tell my heart, beat. 
Hey, heartbeat, beat again, beat again. Hey, would you do it again? Oh, and by the way, lungs breathe. It's just natural. And, and, and then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. I just wanted to take the time as we kind of wrap up this series just to remind you of the reward that's coming and just to encourage you that as you serve, nobody may ever recognize it. You don't need them to. It doesn't matter if anybody sees it. Your father who sees what's done in secret. Over and over in the Sermon on the Mount, in, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, this theme is played out again and again. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Uh, on down um, in, in verse 18, the second half of it, the scripture says again, then your unseen father who sees what is done in secret, he will reward you. So, church at Severn Run, as we begin to make this shift from consumers to servants, be secure in your identity. You're a servant of the living God. Hold your chin up high. Be proud of your Savior. Be bold in your witness. Be creative in your service. Take initiative. Um, start the, the God-inspired uh, ministries that he's put inside of you because unlike what the televangelists will say, I'm, I'm going to agree with them in this sense, God has put a dream inside of you that he's eager to bless. But this is a dream uh, isn't about you, know, you getting the bins, okay? This dream isn't about you having the mansion on earth. This dream is about how, how God will pour out your life beautifully as oil on the wounded and, and life on, on the dying and, and, and through your love in the simplest ways. Just, just what's in your hand. Just let God have you. <laughs> and you'll be doing service that Father is, is just applauding and eager to reward. Proverbs 11.25 says, whoever brings blessing will be enriched and the one who waters uh, himself will be watered. And it's this beautiful picture of you can't outgive God. You know, you serve and you get on your way and then God just blesses you and you find that there's more joy in, in the serving than, than there ever was in the self-serving. Feed the hungry and help those in trouble, Isaiah 58.10 says. Then your light will shine out from the darkness and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. Man, you're living depressed, you're living down, you're living dark, you're living uh, hating yourself. Just, just give yourself away and watch what God does. Guys, I have no clue uh, how we're going to, to do our, our first rehab center. I have no clue how we're going to do it. I don't know how we're going to afford it. I don't know where we're going to do it. Um, I don't know nothing about nothing. Here's what I got. Jesus. And, and you watch. We're going to call it Love Wins because that's what love does. You nail it to a tree and three days later you find out you can't kill it. And it wins every time we let it. The king will reply, Matthew 25, 40 says, But I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. And I tell you the truth, verse 45 says, Whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Hey, if, if you're here as a human being um, with all your pain and hunger and you really want to know if there is a Jesus, you really want to be in his presence, I want to challenge you. 
Pick up your word and draw near love. I want to challenge you to pray and talk to love. And I want to challenge you to go and do exactly what the scripture says. Feed the hungry, help those in trouble. Bind up the broken, heal the brokenhearted. And you know what you're going to experience every time you make that move? You're going to find you were in the presence of Jesus. And that is just too cool. If we live letting Jesus serve us deeply, we're going to live letting Jesus serve others deeply through us. And that will be rewarded forever and ever. Jesus said, but among you, this new community I'm creating in my kingdom, it's going to be quite different. Among you, the, the last are going to be first. The first will be last among you. You're going to take on this role and identity as servants and you're going to gladly serve. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus served us by saving us. And in saving us, Jesus sent us. And so, never ever forget, for the rest of your life, that saved people, and there is no greater joy. God rewards his servants. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life. What's the crown? It's life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. I'm just going to ask us in these moments just to, to really ponder and, and, and ask the question of the why of our life. Why, why are we here? Why are we living? What's our life going to be about? Is it going to be about me or Jesus? Is it going to be about giving or getting? Is it going to be about seeking to be recognized or recognize that I'm called to serve? And so guys, there's nothing I can do beyond this moment except to lead you into the opportunity to experience the presence of God. And, and you've got to make a moment a move in this moment to decide whether my heart's opening up and I, I'm going to seek the Lord and his presence and, and invite the spirit of God in and, and just say, God, I'm listening. Whatever you tell me to do, I will do. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. And so, have you let Jesus serve you by loving you into his salvation and his healing? We're going to ask in a moment that, that we just kneel. If you can, if your knees don't work, that's great. If you're here and you're on a spiritual journey and you're not ready to take a step like this, we honor that. We respect it. But for the rest of us, um, we need to kneel in the presence of our Savior. We need to thank Him for His service. We need to, to let Him serve us. So, so if you're here and you want to say yes to love and you want to let Jesus into your broken, just, just let him serve you in a whole life kind of way and everything's going to change from this day forward. And if you're here and your life hasn't been kind of going the way that you want and you're a believer perhaps, but, but it isn't fitting, serving is how it fits. And I'm just going to ask you would, you, would you yield your life, would you return to your identity as a servant? There'll be people here to pray with you. Plenty of space to kneel in your chair down here. Let's live as servants.
And as people being gloriously saved, let's be people gloriously alive in service. Would you come? If you enjoyed today's message, feel free to share it with your friends. And as we like to say, love well, live Jesus, and believe big.